Thank you for joining us for the Life Point Podcast. We believe what you're about to listen to will help you experience life change. So let's jump into this week's message. So y'all told me you're ready to go, so here we go. Uh, a few weekends ago, I was away. I was speaking at a church in Hartville, Ohio. And usually when I go there, I'll share something maybe that I've shared here over the last few weeks. And I just felt led to teach on something different than what I, I had taught here over the last month, uh, over the summer. And so I shared a message with them, and, and I just felt like I was supposed to share it with you this morning. It's some stuff that I know you've heard me say before, but, but um, how many know faith comes by hearing and hearing and then hearing some more and continuing to hear? Why would God say that? Because if we don't keep hearing what Jesus said, we get into doubt, we drift over things. And so this is not a teaching this morning, this is a preaching. So... Um, my uncle told me one time that if people don't know something, you have to teach them. If they know it and they need to keep hearing it or they're not doing it, they need, you need to preach it. So I'm not saying you don't know. I'm just saying I'm going to preach you up this morning. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days. Hello. Hello. All right. Since the book of Acts has been the last days, in the last days, God says. So if God says it, how many know we take extra attention to it? Um, the scripture says, I will pour out my spirit. Now, it should say, I will pour out of my spirit. If God poured out his spirit, that would mean there's no more. But it should say he will pour out of his spirit, which means he started pouring it out, and he still pours it out. So I will pour out of my spirit on all people. Any peoples here? Okay. Look what it says. And your sons and your daughters will watch. They will prophesy. Can, can we just take a survey? If you are currently or you have ever been a son, would you raise your hand? Okay. If you are currently or you ever have been a daughter, would you raise your hand? We only have two categories this morning. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Bible says in the last days, God will pour out of his spirit and your sons and your daughters, which you just fit yourself into one of those categories, you will prophesy. Everyone say prophesy. prophesy. Now in this verse, the word prophecy here does not mean you will tell of future events. It just literally means that you will tell of God's gospel. You will tell of God's message. Or more accurately, you will proclaim God's word. So if you are a son or a daughter, one thing that happens when the spirit of God is poured out on your life, you will begin to prophesy the word of God. It doesn't say you're a prophet. It says you will prophesy or you will declare the word of God. So I, I just wanted to start off with this question. What is it lately that you've been prophesying? You can say, ouch. What is it that you and I have been prophesying? Uh, how many would agree with, with this statement? If you labor with your hands, you should be paid or reimbursed or rewarded for it. Okay, so how many of you have a job? How many of you would go spend the next 40 hours of this week just volunteering your time? <laughs> how many at the end of the week you would anticipate and expect for your hard commitment and labor, you're going to receive a paycheck, right? Well, that would make sense. I know it's a little bit different in this generation right now, but you go to work you earn what your hands labor for. There's a reward for your life. Look at this scripture. This is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14. From the fruit of a man's lips, 
He's filled with good things. Now look at this one. As surely the work of his hands rewards him. Here's what that scripture means. Just like you would anticipate the labor of your hands bringing you a reward, the same thing happens with the words you speak. Hello. Ouch. There's some revelation right there. Just like if you go toil with your hands, you expect a harvest from your toiling or your laboring with your hands, you will also have a consequence or a reward or a, a harvest with your words just as much as you do with, your, with, your, with the laboring of your hands. I mean, no, that's interesting. That, that's an interesting verse. And so you receive from your words just as you receive from the labor of your hands. So here's the title of my message this morning. It's P-O-D. Everyone say P-O-D. Well, you know, P-O-D is pod, right? And so here's what that stands for. The power of a declaration or the power of your declarations. We're going to talk about the power of what you're declaring this morning, which is the same thing as the power of what you're prophesying. And I brought with me this morning a, 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 a P-Pod. And how many know what's in the middle of this P-Pod? There's seed in here, okay? I'm going to come back to that. But we're going to think about this, this pod this morning. We're going to build on this. It's going to be a good morning. So uh, a declaration is an announcement. It's an announcement. You're announcing something. Let me give you a very, very good definition. A declaration means that you affirm or you make something known formally. You're going to formally announce or formally make something known officially and explicitly. You're going to make something known. You're going to make an announcement formally, officially, and explicitly. How many know when there's an important announcement, they will come out and they will declare something, and they're making something formal, they're making something explicit, they're making it official. So that's what a declaration is. It's you making a formal, official, and an explicit declaration. I mean, that, that's got some punch to it. When, when you come out, I'm going to make it a formal announcement, a formal declaration, that means it's official, it's formal, and it's explicit to your life, to your heart, to your mind. And can I just say this, that um, some of you have this down pat, but um, we were never meant to be silent. Some of you got that down, I get it, but we were never made to be silent. Now, we understand there's times in the Bible that we're to hold our tongue and, and, and all of that, and that's important. But if God um, wanted you to be silent, he wouldn't have equipped you with the ability to formally, officially, and explicitly declare some things. What are we talking about? Remember, you, God's called you. You're a son. You're a daughter. You, you, to what? Prophesy the word of the Lord. Declare the word of the Lord. And and if you'll let me, I want to give you, give you a couple myths about speech, a couple myths about declaration. And so I made a slide for you. These are some myths. And the first, the first myth is, there, is the myth of free speech. Now, before you get patriotic on me, I'm not talking about your amendment rights. I'm just talking about this. Sometimes we think that we can just have free speech and we can just say, whatever we want, whenever we want to, without any consequence. And Proverbs chapter 13 clearly says to us, if you will learn to guard your lips, you will actually guard your life. So we can't just go blabbing about everything and anything and think that there is no consequence or there is no um, catch to it whatsoever. 
And once again, I'm not talking about your amendment right as an American. Y'all got that? Don't leave here, you know, saying that, please, because I believe one million percent in free speech. I'm just as aggravated as you that that is under attack. But I'm talking about in your own walk, your own life, your own spiritual journey, there is not such a thing as free speech. Now, you can say whatever you want, but what I'm saying is just to be able to say whatever you want and there is no consequence or kickback on that, that's a myth. Here's, here's another myth. I call it the myth of no big deal because words are important. We think they might not be important, but your words are We just read a moment ago, we received reward or we received from the labor of our words. Your words are a big deal. Actually, the Bible says it this way in Proverbs that the power of life or death is actually in the power of your what? Your words, it doesn't say it's in the power of your thoughts. It says life or death, the direction of life or death in your life is actually in the power of what comes out of your yapper. And here's another myth. Um, Just forget what I said. How many have ever forgiven someone for what they said? Did you forget it? No. You may have chosen to forgive it, but you did not forget. People can say, ah, just move on. I was just kidding. Well, Proverbs says this, that you're snared by your words. The word snare there means your, your words are bait. Your words attract things. So these are just myths that you can just say what you want to. It's no big deal. And eh, just forget about it. Now, those, now, I'm not saying you can't ever kid. I love to kid. I love the joke. But you guys got what I'm saying in context. You're snared by your words. Your words are bait. Your, your words attract things to your life. Your, um, your words are a big deal. It's the power of life or death in your life. And you can't just say whatever you want to. We've got to guard what we say. We have to prophesy the right things. How I many know you can prophesy fear? You can prophesy doubt. You can prophesy destruction. You can prophesy death. Or you can prophesy life. You can prophesy prosperity. You can prophesy healing. You can prophesy breakthrough. You're the prophet, the Bible says. So let's make some points about your declarations. And so what I want you to do after you leave here this morning is I want you walking out of here prophesying. Being more mindful of what you're prophesying. Listen, and I know people, they they say, oh, he's going to preach on your words. I I am going to preach on your words. No matter what religiously you think, your words are dramatically important. Dramatically important. And listen, we're all human, and that's an area that we all have to, have to tame. You know, the Bible actually says in the book of James, no one can tame your tongue. No one can tame your tongue. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit can't tame your tongue. It doesn't say the Word of God can't tame your tongue. It just says a person can't tame your tongue. But you can surrender to the Holy Spirit. You can surrender to the Word of God. It'll tame your tongue. But it's an evil if it doesn't get tamed. The Bible says it'll set a forest on fire. Are y'all with me? Let's make some points. Here's why your declarations are so important. Because number one, first life point, is your declarations reveal what you believe. What comes out of your yapper yapper reveals what you believe. Every time you declare, which is an official, formal, explicit, what? Announcement. It reveals what you and I believe. Don't believe me? Let's read a scripture. Romans chapter 10. Look, look Look at this verbiage. But what does it say? The word of God is near you. Where's the word near? Well, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. How many know it doesn't get any more near than that? It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. 
That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim or we declare. If you declare, everyone say declare, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, can we stop there for a moment? How does a person get saved? Well, he believes in his heart that Jesus is the Lord and he confesses that he is Lord and he's born again or he is saved or he is what? Redeemed. He becomes a believer. You can believe in God but never confess him as Lord. It just means you believe there's a God. It does not mean he's the Lord of your life. It doesn't even mean you're saved. The devil believes in God. But for you to confess out of your mouth that he is Lord and Savior of your life. So how many know what we believe in our heart, what we declare out of our mouth, it's the most important thing because it, it determines whether you're saved or born again. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Anyone saved in here? Verse 10, for it is with your heart you believe and you're justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and you're saved. So your declaration locates your faith. Your confession locates your conviction or confirms your conviction. Because here's what happens. Our words, our, our, our words connect you to the strength or the lack of your confidence. Your, your words are a bridge, and, and, and they connect you to your heart, to what you believe. For example, if you and I would just sit down over coffee, and we would have a conversation, I, I would know a few things from what comes out of your heart and what comes out of your mouth. Okay, let's just, for example, what if you and I started talking politics? <laughs> Someone said, oh, Lord. <laughs> well, we would know real quick where you stand, what party you might affiliate yourself with, what you believe to be um, an accurate uh, uh, um, agenda, we would know real quick. And we would get a little assertive about it maybe or a little argumentative about it or a little intense if we just had a conversation about politics. I mean, no, politics are important. Annoying, but, but important. But we would know by the conversation because it's coming out of your heart and it's coming out of your mouth. I know what you believe. You can take that into different areas of, of your life. We, we, could talk, we could talk sports. We would sit down. You would know what I believe. <laughs> that the Steelers are going to beat the Ravens today. <laughs> now. Now. Yeah, that's the way things are going. That's a serious faith statement. <laughs> uh, we were in the green room, um, and we, you would think we'd be back there praying and seeking God, but we were talking about the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. <laughs> and I had an opinion, and I pulled up a statistic, and I, I showed Heath. I said, look what the statistic says. It proved, how, how many know that that's silly, but... But those are just things that come out of us. Why? Because that's just stuff we believe. And what you believe, what's in your heart, guess what? It, it, it's revealed in what you say. If we, if we were having a political discussion and you're, you're just sitting there, you, you, your, your conviction, it, it would engage your yapper to open. And if you're a Ravens fan, you're just being respectful right now. But when I get out there in the foyer, you're going to say something to me. 
and I'm going to lay hands on you and rebuke you, rebuke you in the name of Jesus and <laughs> pray for healing and for you to be set free. <laughs> well, th- those are just some important but not life-altering issues. But what comes out of your mouth, now just think about this, um, what comes out of your mouth is going to reveal what you believe about God. It's going to reveal what you believe about yourself. It's going to reveal what you believe about your situation that you might be in right now. And it's going to reveal what you believe about the enemy. Hello? Your declaration, it, it's an official, formal, explicit announcement about what you believe now some of us maybe we grew up we didn't even grow up in church or some of us grew up in church and it was a religious setting and you may have said a lot of things that were just inaccurate you know just because you heard something or just because you saw it on facebook it may feel real it may have been repeated to you that's why you believed it but doesn't mean it's accurate But if it is in the word of God, no matter what science, education, government, media says about it, it's the truth, and the truth will what? It'll set you free. So when you speak truth, when you say what God says about something, you, you just happen to be accurate. Now, you could be a political party, and you may not be accurate. You could have a sports opinion, and you may not be accurate. But if God said it, and you said it, it just happens that you're saying something very accurate. Look at this scripture, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Love this verse. Love, love, love this verse. Um, For the word of God is alive, and it's active. That's why that's what makes Christianity different than any other religion that's been on the earth at any other time. Because first of all, our leader, our Lord, you can't find his bones because his grave is empty. You can find all the other religions. You can find bones. You can find a grave. Our grave is empty. Our, our tomb is, is open. And, and, and the word of God is still alive. It's still active. God is the only, the Bible is the only book when you open it up, the author's right there with you. It's alive. It's active. Now look what it says. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll penetrate. It'll divide the things of the spirit from the things of the morrow or the flesh and from the attitudes and the thoughts of the heart. It'll cut through spirit. It'll cut through soul. It'll cut through flesh. It's active, the Bible says. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Let me, let me, for those of you who maybe not exactly understand what that means, let, let, me, let, me, let me break that down for you, okay? So here, here's, here's how this works. When the word of God came out of the mouth of God, so the Bible said that God breathed on the writers of the Bible, and they wrote the Bible without any error. Now, in translation, sometimes words change, right? Or words lose a little bit of meaning. But when God breathed on the writers, they wrote the word of God, the Bible said, exactly, without error. So the word of God is accurate. How many know it's without error? But when God breathed the word of God, the word of God is the will of God. It's the ways of God. The word, the will, the ways of God, it's the same thing. And so the word of God, when God breathed it, it's called the logos. And it became the written word of God. So when the word of God, the written word of God, the logos word of God, when the word of God comes and it gets into your heart and you align yourself with it, you believe it, you, 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 uh, uh, you confirm it, you agree with it. 
Now, when that same word that came out of the mouth of God gets in your heart and then it comes out of your mouth, it becomes a rhema word. It becomes active for your life. It's not a dormant word. It's not a theory. It's not a philosophy. It's the active word of God. So it's two-edged because it came out of the mouth of God. Now it's coming out of your mouth. It's two-edged. That's what makes the word sharp. That's what makes the word active. That, that is what makes the word powerful. And scripture says the word is living. It's powerful. It's active seed. Do you know that one of the smallest things on the planet just happens to be one of the most powerful things on the planet? It's seed. It reproduces after its own kind. When it is put in the right soil and it's treated the right way, it will always produce a harvest. Always produce, produce a harvest. The word of God is seed. It's active seed. It's powerful. So number one, your declarations reveal what you believe. And number two, your declarations release what you possess. This is why it's so important to get the word of God in here. So important. If the word of God's not in here, it can't come out of here. That's why you will say things that are not in alignment with the word of God or they're in contradiction to the word of God. If we get the word of God in here, how many know that it comes out of here? That's what makes it active. How many know this? That How many believe in the word of God it says God's a healer? But do you know that unless it comes out of your mouth, it doesn't make him your healer? Do you know this? That, that according to the word of God, Jesus is your savior. But he does not become your savior until it comes out of your lips. How many know he's a God that prospers us? But how many know it doesn't make him your prospering God until it comes out of your lips? How many know God's a God that sets you free from addiction? But how many know you're not free from your addiction until what? You get in alignment with the word of God and your words say it and your actions follow it. <clears throat> this is a good book. This is a manual for our lives. But until it comes out of your mouth and you're in agreement with it, it's, it's not active seed. But once it comes out of your life and out of your mouth, then the Bible says it will not return void. In other words, it will go out and bring in, it will go out and it will do. That's why you, the Bible doesn't need to be on your nightstand only. It needs to be in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. So your declaration, important, right? Um, your declaration will forecast your future. Your declaration will forecast your expectancy. Your faith speaks what's in your heart. The Bible actually says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth does what? Speaks. Your yapper yaps out of the abundance of your heart. So we need to get the word in here in abundance, in abundance. See, there were times in your life before that you had so much negativity in your life that over the outflow of your negativity, Negative heart came negative comments, came negative forecasts, came negative prophecies. But how I many thank God he's helping us change that? He's helping us change that. I want you to hear the difference in what I'm about to say. There's a difference. You ready? Listen, listen to this. Um, I hope I feel better versus by his stripes, I'm healed. How about this? I hope my marriage works out versus what God put together, no man's going to separate. How about this? Um, I hope I have enough money to get by versus my God will supply all my needs. How I many know there's a difference? That's a different prophecy. How about this? Uh, I hope I'm not always addicted versus I'm a brand new creation in Christ. I mean, no, there's a difference. So your, your words connect, they're a bridge, but your words also have creative power. Um, they have creative force. They, 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 they're a declaration. 
When the Bible, back in the book of Genesis, all the way back in the early part of your Bible, it says that there was nothingness, and God spoke into nothingness, and what happened? Things were created. So there's power in what is spoken. And the Bible says you're made in the image of God. The Bible says the same DNA that God has is in you. If he's a creative spirit, there's a creative force in you. You're a creative spirit. So when you speak, there's power. There's power. There is power. So one, whenever you make a declaration, you reveal what you believe and you release what you possess. Now, all you can release is what you got. If all you got's negative, that's all you got to release. But if you're getting some life in you, getting the word in you, getting some freedom in you, getting some life in there, then you can do what? You can reveal what's overflowing in your heart. Why it's so important to stay full of the word. Next time when someone looks at you and they say, you're full of it. You say, yes, I am. I am full of the word of God. Because you're prophesying. You're prophesying. Ready for the last point? Your declarations also receive what you imagine. They receive what you imagine. Don't you love the word? Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold. Everyone say hold. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we what? Profess for he who who promised is faithful. But we hold on to our hope that we're what? Professing. All right, let me build on that. This is, this is verse 35. So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. How many of you, if we're just being real honest, have ever been tempted to just chuck your confession? You've been believing for something. It hasn't shown up yet. Feels like everything else is happening, and you're just really, really tempted to chuck your expectancy because you're tired of a man waiting on something, or you're tired of something going a certain way. So, so you're just ready to cast it away. But the Bible says, don't cast away your confidence, but hold on to the profession or the conviction of your faith. Now, if you study those words out, it's really cool. It it, it means that you hold on to your confession like a bulldog holds on to a bone. I I have about a 120-pound shepherd. And if you try to take something from him, he's not going to offer it up real easy. Matter of fact, he's, he's a little intense. He shreds metal buckets. I'm not messing with you at all. He shreds metal buckets, and that's his toy. I mean, he's got 10 balls, but he wants to play. And if you try to take it from him, you can offer him a treat. He will not let go of it. I'm probably the only one that can get something from him, but he's just obsessed for some reason with that metal bucket. I wonder if we'd get a little more obsessed about the promises of God and we'd be a little more stout with our conviction on what God said. But the Bible says we, we labor to hold on to those things. You know how you labor to hold on to them? It's not just a mind thing. It's a word thing. You labor to hold on to your healing with your words. You labor to hold on to your breakthrough with your words. You labor to stay in rest. How? I say what God says, and I rest about it. I say what God says, and I rest about it. I say what God says. That's how you hold on to the confession of your faith. It's a big, long Greek word, homo legeo, which means to say the same logic that God has. 
What about your situation? Are you saying the same logic that God has over your situation, over your opportunities, whatever's going on in your life? See, those words are seeds, and every seed produces a what? A harvest. Are you getting something good this morning? I've already studied this, preached this, and I'm getting all kinds of revelation just, just talking here this morning. Hmm. Now, you got to listen to this. I'm just going to read this as I put this in here. Everything that was and everything that is was originally in God. Everything we have ever seen first, first existed in an invisible state. Now, I just want you to know something. Invisible doesn't mean it's non-existent. It just means it wasn't visible. Some things of God are invisible. Doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means you can't see them or haven't seen them yet. So everything began as an idea conceived in the mind of God. That idea became an image. By faith, God spoke it, and the unseen became the visible. Did y'all get that? The unseen to you became the visible. It was already an image. It was already uh, uh, in, in God. And when he spoke it, it became. Although he is the source of all things, he shares of his omnipotent power with his creation. Now get this. We also are full of imagination. We're full of dreams. We're full of desires. We're full of plans. We're full of ideas that need to be released and received. So we could, we could just say this. Miles Monroe said this. You are the continuation of God's deliveries. You and I are the continuation of God's deliveries. God has dropped things in your heart. God has dropped things in your mind. God has dropped things in your spirit. You read the word of God. Things are, are ignited in your heart, your mind, in your spirit. And we do the same thing that God, although it may seem dormant, although it may seem uh, uh, only as an idea, uh, only as a desire, only as a want, only as a promise. It may be unseen, but it doesn't mean it's non-existent. But what brings something from the unseen realm into the seen realm is faith, is the vehicle, and your word is the is, is the motor. Did y'all get all that? Can you say, can you say it again? No, I said it once. You got to get it. Okay. So I didn't get that. You have to watch the live stream for me to say all that again. In other words, words have the power to create and change things. Whew. Your POD, the power of declaration. Inside this pea pod are seeds. Your declaration. But if I open that up, the seed gets exposed. The word of God is seed. And when you open the pod with your declaration, with your prophecy, with your confession, guess what? The seed gets exposed. The seed goes to work. The seed is, is, is mobilized. That's where you should have been like, ooh, Hallelujah. That was good right there. I mean, I, I brought, we're going to do a do-over, right? So the word of God is the seed. It gets in your heart, it gets in your life. And when you make a declaration or a confession, there we go. The word gets exposed. So I was thinking about this. I'm going to land this plane here. What is it you've been prophesying about your money? your finances? What is it you've been prophesying about your health, your kids, your spouse, your past? 
your present, your future, your tomorrow, your church, your pastor, your opportunity, what you've been saying, because you're a prophet. Job says it this way. You will declare something, and it will be established, and light will come on your ways. We know what I've been saying today is, is really what Corinthians calls a spirit of faith. To hear, when you hear the word, it initiates faith. When you believe it in your heart, it confirms faith. When you speak it out loud, it, it, it initiates faith. When you do it, it demonstrates faith. That's a spirit of faith. You hear it and get it in your heart, say, I agree with it, and you bring it out your mouth. That is a spirit of faith. Romans says it this way, faith is the key. What do keys do? Well, keys unlock, keys open, keys start, keys stop, keys lock, keys shut. There's some things need to be shut up in your mouth, in your life. You, you, you need to speak. That's done. That's over. I'm free from that addiction. I'm past that. That's the old me. I'm a brand new creation. I'm free. I'm saved. I'm, you, you need to say those things. There's some things you need to say instead of feeling condemned. You confess it to the Lord and say, I'm forgiven. I'm free from that. If it creeps back up, I'm free from it. I'm freer. I'm freer. Sickness, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the devil coming at you. Do what the Bible says. Devil, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Sickness, be rebuked in Jesus' name. Not your name, his name. You know what that's called? That's called authority. That's called authority. It's a, it's a sign of active authority to confess like that. And really in scripture, when, when Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the church, he was talking about us. What he was saying is, I'm going to give you the authority I'm going to give you the authority. If I toss Jason my keys and say, here, I'm leaving. Here's my keys. That means he has authority. Why? My house key's on there. My car key's on there. Then he has authority. If I called him up and said, hey, where you at? Uh, I went to church. Dude, it's like 4 o'clock. Why are you at the church? Well, I couldn't get home. No one's here. Well, I gave you the keys to my car. Yeah, I know, but it'd be crazy. I gave you the keys. Take my car. I wonder if God feels like that sometimes. I gave you authority. I gave you the keys, y'all. I gave you the keys, y'all. Wow. What are we prophesying? What are we prophesying? Declarations reveal what you believe. They release, release what you possess, and they receive what you can imagine. So I want to give you an assignment as you leave here this weekend. Leave here talking. Don't leave here complaining how bad your problem is or how bad your back hurts or how bad the economy is or how crazy the government is. Just, just, you leave here saying what God says. God's still on the throne of my life. Doesn't matter who's in the chair in the Oval Office if God is in the throne of my life. Sickness is coming at me, but God's my healer. Going through some rough times, I'm a tither, I'm a sower. I declare the goodness of God. He, he'll meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, what, what are you saying? What are you proud? You have a problem. You are today 
the result of what you prophesied yesterday? What are you prophesying over your kids? What are you prophesying over your business? What are you pro You're a prophet. We learned that from the beginning. You're either a son or a daughter. And when the Spirit of God gets poured out, our job is to what? keep prophesying what God said. And listen, I, I know, I know, I know. I get you. I'm up here preaching and you're like, ooh, that's good. But you got to walk it out the rest of the week. I get it. But I want you to think about this. And then we're going to do a song and I'll, I'll come back up and close. I just thought of this story this week. I assume most of you heard of um, David and Goliath. Even if you weren't in church growing up, everyone's heard of David and Goliath. And I just read that story over and over a couple times. Just felt like I was supposed to. And this is so simple, but all those days the giant came out and he prophesied to Israel. If you come after me, I'm going to destroy you, and you're going to become our slaves. That's what he said over and over and over. He was a giant. He was a champion. And all of Israel said to each other, he's so big. He's so big. And they were in fear, and fear just immobilized them. And this young guy named David shows up. And you guys know the story. He's like, why are you afraid of this guy? Why are you afraid? And every day... Goliath. And when David steps out, he's like, that's what you sent out to oppose me? I'm a Philistine champion. I'm undefeated. David's, well, I killed a lion, a bear. I can kill a giant too. Even his family and everyone else is like, you're going to get slaughtered, dude. You, you, this is not, this is next level. And maybe the giant staring you down is next level. But the Bible said David did something. He went, he got some stones right? But there's something we missed. The whole time David was coming with a slingshot, he was opening his mouth. He said, <laughs> he said, you're too big to miss, first of all. Not only am I going to sling this rock at you, it's going to hit you, you're going to drop, then I'm going to chop your head off. He prophesied to Goliath. See, when you're saying this problem is too big, this addiction's been too long, this struggle's been going on a while, this pain has been here, this poverty has just been, it's here, this is just my lot in life, this is just my thing. Your giant's going to keep mocking you and trash talking you. But if you get a little spirit of David in you and say, you know what? Poverty, I've been sowing, I've been tithing, you're about to go down. Sickness, you're from the devil. This challenge of it, I'm coming... So you need to run at your problem instead of, instead of hiding. You run it, but open your mouth. Declare from the Lord what the Lord said and run at it with your slingshot. If you're not declaring anything, you... But you keep talking, you're going to hit what you're aiming at. Come on, you're going to keep. I'm, 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 I'm tired of this. I'm running at... You say, well, what happened if it doesn't work? Keep talking. What if it shows back up? Keep talking. What if it keeps messing with you? You keep talking. Can we stand? As we sing this song, I want you just to ask, God, what are you saying to me today? God, what are you asking from me today? God, what are you putting on my heart? Between you and God, God, what? Holy Spirit, what are you talking to me about today? Thank you for listening to the LifePoint Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a message. For more information, you can visit lpcwv.com.